Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. I am your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as guest co-host this week, I got a couple of them. Case in point, Jack Kelly's back. Yay. Hi, everybody. Very excited to be back. As always, good to see you, Adam. Good to see you. Also, Danger Van Gorder's here. Hi, friends. Danger, you've been on True Crime Sucks before, right? I think so. I I must have. I know we did Misfortune for a while. That's what I'm talking about. Specific kind of true crime, but I, yeah, I must have. I'm a pretty frequent flyer here. I'm sure. I'm sure. So thank you both for doing the pod. We should jump right in and tell people what we're talking about. We are covering the notorious 2016 documentary, Tickled. Is it notorious? I mean, it's got a rep. That's for sure. Okay. I mean, the, the, the box office numbers weren't, I, I, you know, I was doing a little bit of basic research. Box office numbers weren't super great. It was like maybe a mill here domestically. But I, I mean, it, it costs to produce and legal fees and other things. Yeah. But I mean, it was on HBO, I think. Oh, is where yeah. it, that's where I first saw it. it and it's, it actually, it was shown here first at Sundance because my, my friend saw it at Sundance, came back and was like, you have to see this documentary. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't know how I would see this documentary though. It's 2016, but we're not immediately streaming things yet. And she's like, you just have to figure it out. <laughs> and I managed to see it. They were doing exactly, I think two screenings no. at the arrow. And I went to oh, one nice. of them. <laughs> I want to say like six months after she told me about this documentary and I saw it, she told me almost everything except for the and mm. I was so glad that she withheld the end from me and I was obsessed. And then the minute it came out on Prime, I like bought it. I yeah. like I'm a super fan is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've bought this one twice more recently to watch it just now. But also I bought my friends a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever the hell, because it part of it takes place uh, where he lived was where one of the one of the encounters happened and that was like seeing that in the theater was terrifying yikes he's so close to where this is going on oh no here's a question have either of you seen mr organ no i saw that in the notes oh i'm in it was gonna watch this it was last week's episode which is what yes gave me the idea to do this episode mr organ for people Mm -hmm. who still haven't seen it that is an A24 horror movie of a documentary. It is so weird and so good. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched it last week just on my own because I saw, I was like, oh, new David Farrier documentary. How yeah. exciting. I'm also a big fan of his series, Dark Tourist. Dark Tourist. Which is really fun. It's a seven episode series where he goes around the world and does like dark tourism activities, which... Like, if you don't know, that's, you know, not necessarily ghost hunting stuff, but it's like he did like the Pablo Escobar tour in Colombia. He did a tour through post-nuclear explosion Fukushima in Japan. It's a really incredible series, and I really enjoyed it. I'm bummed that there probably won't be a second season of it because the first season was like in 2017. Mm. But big fan of David Ferrier. I just, his, it's probably the New Zealand... (laughs) affect i love it when he asks certain questions because he's just like oh well i mean okay (laughs) yeah like so so polite but you know almost like he's apologizing to them for bothering them but then turns around and then asks like a really incisive question (laughs) in the same apologetic tone yeah just and he also goes after some of the weirdest shit Mm. and i love it so, yeah, I watched Mr. Oregon. It's a weird documentary. It's it just is. It's a weird. I think it's more about and, being a documentarian. And than, listen mm-hmm. to the last episode to hear me and Andy Sell talk about it. Yeah, this documentary was, it was at least my introduction to David Ferrier because I'm not, I don't yeah. live in New Zealand. So I'm not going to pretend that I was way up on David Ferrier's pop culture columns before he started working on Tickled. That was a long time ago. But. Mm-hmm. This was the first time 
I think most people were introduced to him. We learned that he is a pop culture writer early on in this. And he stumbles upon this story. There's an outlet called Jane O'Brien Media that is holding a monthly event called Competitive Endurance Tickling. Which sounds so fun when he says it in his adorable little Hobbit accent. Competitive Endurance Tickling. Does it sound fun? It sounds like it absolutely is my nightmare. Like it I want sounds, no it's part. A, I don't know, twee. It's, it sounds like cuter. I don't know. Like New Zealand makes things cuter. I find even the I, horrors of life. Yeah. I just, the phrase competitive endurance tickling is hilarious. Like it is yeah. just, it's like somebody played Mad Libs to come up with this idea. And it's, and it, I think that the New Zealand accent makes it, yeah, makes it does sound more twee, but it's still just a funny phrase regardless. Yeah. yeah. It's going to make any curious pop culture, you know, a student of oddity go, well, I'd better look into this situation. He's just so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad to remember what his voice sounds like. Stoked for Mr. Organ. I'm going to get into it. And so there's a lot of twists you don't expect in this documentary. <laughs> and one of the first ones happens right up front. He yeah. sends a simple email asking, hey, can I interview you about your competitive endurance tickling contest? And Sounds cool or fun or something. And this is People what? I want to learn about it. 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah. We're already woke enough for this to not be a thing. Here's the response he gets. To be brutally frank, association with a homosexual journalist is not something that we will embrace. We desperately do not want a homosexual participant base applying for this project. End quote. And yikes. That Yeah, that's that's a yikes. That's not the kind yeah. of response you'd expect from competitive tickling. No, and the and, and not to be pedantic, Jane o, Debbie Kuhn of Jane O'Brien Media, but David Ferrier uh, is actually bisexual, so let's like get the record straight. <laughs> right. <laughs> it were. And he does rightly point out that like for lack of a better way to put it, these videos are gay as fuck. Like Yeah. They are it's highly yeah. homoerotic. Just it, for- it's worth establishing it's young men. Probably between 21 for legal purposes and 24, 25. Ooh, I'd bump that down to 18. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you're yeah. being generous. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, eight, 18 to 24 on the outside. And the so-called sports, they've got, like, they've got uniforms, you know, like matching colors and stuff. And then the, I don't know, round, set, match, Quidditch game, whatever, is... One guy is held down, strapped up up at his feet, up at his ankles, up at his wrists, and is then tickled by, I saw maximum four guys at once. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sport. So that's what we're talking about right now and, and why it sounds and looks super gay. And just in case you're not already Googling this to find pictures or haven't seen it, to really get a visual, there is the guy strapped down, but then there are, but then there is at least two guys sitting on top of him, one straddling his torso and tickling around the armpits, another straddling his pelvis and tickling his sides. And then when there's two more, they're down by his feet, tickling each foot. And the one that is straddling his chest is wearing a GoPro on his head. Yeah. So you're getting a a, most intense footage possible. Yeah, you're getting footage of the tickly's face as he's being tickled. And it is only men, and it's only, like, fit men. Yeah. For the most part, what we see, it's mostly white men who have agreed to do this. Right. And so so he and a friend start digging around, and they find that Jane O'Brien Media is actually owned by a German company that owns around 300 internet domains that are all related to tickling. And there's a theme. So he decides that he's going to do a documentary about this story. And now here we are. He immediately starts getting letters with legal threats about lawsuits being filed in the United States. Once he starts poking around to do this documentary and Jane O'Brien flies three representatives out to meet him 
at the airport. So, so just real quick about the, the legal thing is that they specifically mention they're like, Oh, it's a, it was a lawyer who was involved in a well-known case about a, a porn star who sent body parts to representatives in Canada. And I would like to say that this documentary, I mean, they all exist in the same universe because we are all in this universe, but this documentary exists, has a connection to the docuseries Don't Fuck With Cats because it is the same lawyer that is claimed to be Mm. representing Jane O'Brien Media who represents the killer in Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Salta. I Googled it. I was like, that yeah. sounds really familiar when they mentioned that. And I'm like, I know of one documentary about a porn star. Was it who's- Marco? Which, no. Which it, lawyer was it? No, this lawyer appears later, later in the uh, oh, Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about him later. But this one is the connection between the two docuseries, which I think is really fascinating. I like the sign that he makes to wait for them at the airport. It's so elaborate. He had to have that done, right? There's no way he did yeah. that himself. It's so gay and it's so bright <laughs> and so colorful. I'm like, yeah, David, just be like, well, this is just how we welcome people in New Zealand. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, right. This whole thing was just like, I'm never going to turn away. I'm never going to react with hostility. I'm just going to keep pressing forward. And the reactions he gets from these people as he progresses forward, when he's just like, hello, I'm David Farrier. I'd, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And they're just like, oh, no, dude. Oh, my God. He just kicked a hornet's desk. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Oh, my God. Why are you here? What are you doing? This is a disaster for you specifically, bro. I'm, I'm so worried about you and your family as well. Or not your family because you're a gay and all. But you're Dylan. He's got, like your, your producer. Like he's got a family and bad things might happen to him too, man. I mean, it seems like it works at first because they are threatening the shit out of him with legal action at one point. One of them says, if you want to stick your head in a blast furnace, do it. Yeah. (laughs) And this is all they think off camera, but he's able to record all of it. At one point, he puts a camera in a coffee cup and films that way. Because they a beautiful long shot of the other guy's groin. Mm. Yeah. It's just like a groin shot. (laughs) I was like, is he going to piss himself? Why are they so close on his crotch right now? Weird. Well, because they keep he keeps showing up with a camera in public spaces where he lets you know in New Zealand you can film in public, it's fine. And they're like, You can't do that, dude. You can't do that. Oh my like you see their eyes land on the camera and then they're just there's already hostile and just ramps up another degree of like I do oh man, we're we're gonna we're gonna double sue you now. It's like Yeah, right, yeah man, they were- like, you- they were so nice about the sign. Like you could just tell that they were like, Oh, it's so lovely to meet you. Like it's, you know, in the sign and it's really nice pleasantries. But as soon as they get, as one of them gets eyes on the camera, it, they flip instantly. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's amazing to watch. Well, cause it seems like somebody behind the scenes needs to see them performing this role of big, tough, scary intimidation lawyer. Like, we need to see all any footage of you that exists, anything out there, like all of the wording has to be aggressive because there's a couple of moments when they get behind the scenes and David's just talking to one of the lawyers and it's a lot more like, Hey man, look, this is, these are powerful people that we're talking about here and you don't want to get involved because there's a second code of ethics for people who have way too much goddamn money in this world. That's basically the guy's point is just drop it, get out of here because your life will become hell if you don't. That's what gets discussed on off camera. Anytime they are on camera, it's like fucking the walls go up. You know, the paladin shield comes out. He's all acid. Yeah. So throughout this, they're trying to get people to talk on camera. People who've been in these videos. And most people are too scared to engage in any sort of on camera activity regarding this. But they finally find a guy named TJ. He is a former competitive tickling contestant. He's a football player. Met Kevin Clark in downtown LA and he got paid like two grand. So he was like, that's a lot of money for someone my age in my situation. And he shows up. He doesn't know it was going to be all guys. He didn't know he was going to be tied down. He says, quote, hopefully the video never gets out. 
end quote. Mm. And man, that's famous last words on the internet right there. And for one thing, the video is in this documentary. And again, this is my nightmare. I want nothing to do with this. I hate being tickled so much, especially my feet. Don't even touch my fucking feet. What do you want to touch my feet for? So are you, so Adam, are you ticklish or do you just hate the sensation? Yeah, how ticklish are you tickled? on a scale of, on a scale of one to 10? I'm you? not super ticklish except my feet. My feet are just mm. like, I just shudder if someone touches my feet in general, but they're especially ticklish. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll kick. Okay. We might I be will. able to salvage you as a contestant on this thing then. Yeah. If someone you wants know, to get kicked in the real. goddamn face, make me a contestant on your tickling video. Adam, you know what? I'll defend you for a second. I'm kind of the same way. I'm not super ticklish, but I have been like, if somebody tries to tickle my feet, my body's reaction is to kick them in the face as hard as possible. So it is, it's just, it's the defense mechanism. I'm like, I don't like the sensation of being tickled. I'm like, this is a hard pass from me. So when TJ says that Kevin Clark told him the videos were being produced for the military, and that they were exploring using tickling as a torture tactic. I was like, yeah, I can see it. That sounds about right. I, I that, seems, to- that seems like the one way that Kevin Clark could have given dude a little bit of dignity on the way out the door. It's like, oh, no, no, no. We're trying to actually, this is part, this is the war on terror. And, you know, thank you for serving your country. And he's like, so does fighting the war on terror mean having matching Adidas outfits <laughs> with two other guys? <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe. Sounds like a fun war on terror. So the thing about them interviewing TJ is I feel like it's such a clue as to how much deeper this is going to go and how much worse it actually is. Because TJ, I don't think is his real name. Hmm. And he definitely doesn't give a last name. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. And he's like, I will not give you any more information. He is brave enough to actually show his face on camera, but no other details. They do at one point when they're showing, because the next thing they talk about is him not wanting these videos to get out and then finding out, oh, they're out because he Googled his own name because he's a football player and he's looking to see if any scouts have him on their radar. And it's like, set up a Google alert, dude. Act like you've heard of the internet before. You probably would have known these videos were out there way sooner. But at one point, they show a last name attached to when he's Googling and sees all these videos. There's a last name, but I I didn't write it down. Is it TJ Gretzner? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's TJ Gretzner. Yep, he's on the IMDb also. But yeah, he finds all these videos. And the one that's out there is just him like talking about tickling. But even then, he's like, you know, what if a coach sees this or something? I got to get this taken down. And he sends yeah. an email to it, Jane. It's o- up without his permission. Like these things just have materialized on the internet and he never said that that was okay. Right. You know? And, but the thing is, is that he might've, he might've signed in the agreement and he didn't actually read it close enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that like that they didn't do this, like without his permission. Cause knowing the whole story, I'm like, yeah, it's probable, but he was also told this is not what the videos are being used for. Yeah. They're being used for this. And he's like, I mean, okay, I got paid. Great. I don't really care what they're used for. But then they're up on these like fetish websites. And that's kind of a different use than military tactics. <laughs> yeah, um, that's way different. That's way different. Yeah, Not just like fetish websites, but like websites specifically set up with these videos like hi my name is this and the this is how i like to be tickled and this is somebody put some time into building specifically just this website to provide just this information yeah you know that you know a half a dozen times over it's a fetish website <laughs> yeah sure yeah. okay i guess i don't really <laughs> traffic in a lot of those <laughs> Learning that danger does not go on fetish websites very often. Yeah, all right. I'm, I guess I'm super vanilla. Sorry. Wow. It's, no apologies. It's fine. We'll find something for we you. We will Don't link worry. to our 25 favorite fetish websites in the show notes <laughs> for people listening. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry. Hey, give me that crash. Me and Jack individually. So it's going to be 50 total. It's going nice. to be a yeah. dense and, list. And there'll be a and they'll be in, available in the description of this episode. So okay, um, right. you can also find the the links. 
uh, on your podcast app. And the videos mules. are for sale in our online merch store also. Yeah. So yeah. if you just want a little keepsake, they're NFTs. <laughs> it's great. So he emails Jane O'Brien Media to get them to take this video down, and they just ignore him. So, uh-oh, he does an end around and goes straight to YouTube and is like, this is up without my permission. That's me. That's my likeness. I don't want this up. Take it down. And YouTube takes it down. And oh man, Jane O'Brien media swings into action. Like they don't just threaten him with legal stuff. They really, really try to wreck this kid's life. It seems like it's someone's job to track down any connection that this person has had and then let them know, hey, this guy is queer, and that's gross. We all know yeah. that's gross. And that he is in these tickling things, which is super gross. Like, even though we've created these things, you don't want the distraction of hiring someone with this sordid history. Yeah. The worst part is that he's employed at a high school as a as yeah. a coach. And so it's like, it's one thing to be at a workplace that's like, I'm an accountant. They don't really care. like, what is this going to be? But as soon sure. as it's like teacher involved in fetish thing, it's like, then even though it has nothing to do with anybody underage, as soon as anything comes up with like sex surrounding a teacher or somebody that works with kids, it's like, you know, all hell breaks loose. It's so much worse. And especially um, the demographic of the kids in this video, essentially, or men in this video and the demographic he's working with at the high school are like right next to each other. Yeah. His job is yeah. like barely legal teens that the wrong person looking at that would be like, well, he's going to groom them to get them into the tickling videos once they graduate. And if the narrative on these websites is to be believed. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, they put up a website with his name and address and phone number on it. They start making, sending all these letters to the school he works at. Like they're really, really trying to wreck this guy for getting just one video taken down. And it's, I mean, it's a legitimate concern, especially for him because he really is trying to get football jobs. And this is happening at a point when from the NFL down, the LGBTQ policy was still just let's be homophobic. Don't. Yeah, it yeah. was like it, still I mean, homoph- still It was great, open, blatant but... homophobia. <laughs> now they're on a more don't ask, don't tell sort of policy. Well, there has been an openly gay NFL player, finally, who started in a game. There was mm. a guy named Michael mm-hmm. Sam who got drafted mm-hmm. a long, long time ago, but never yes. played in an actual game. No. Oh. No, but the Raiders did briefly have a openly gay player who was cut by disgraced racist coach John Gruden. Go figure. There he, there it is. It's always something else, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> David and Dylan, in the name of making this movie, they stake out a location where they think the next tickling competition is happening. It's a studio in L.A. called the Dream Factory. That's Absolutely. where my friend lived. It's at the uh, the brewery uh, downtown. It's this giant artist co- colony complex with, I don't know, like they have an open house once a year where everybody just like showcases all of their art in all these buildings. It's huge. And I'm not surprised that there were film studios there, but boy, was it a shock to see, oh, this horrible thing is happening. I don't know, maybe 400 feet from where my friend goes to bed. Yikes. And you can hear laughing coming out of the yeah, vents. Yeah, I got some footage, and I couldn't tell if it was ADR. Just like, this is what it would. This is what it felt like, or was it actually like that's the sound coming out of the vents? It's ah, oh, it's so creepy. It's it is. so creepy. Yeah, Dream Factory is right. Um, <laughs> yeah, if I walk past a place and just the sound of laughing was coming out, <laughs> and it's like you don't hear what they're laughing about, I'd be weirded the fuck out. That's ghosts. That's obviously ghosts. <laughs> well, and it's just one guy laughing mm-hmm. and it's like prolonged laughter. And then I'd look over and be like, it's called the dream vector. I'd be like, I am never coming near here ever. Again. <laughs> and, and what do you say if someone's tickling you and you're laughing and you can't control it? Cause it's all about involuntary stuff. You say, stop, you say, stop, stop. And just like that 
on top of the giggles. One voice. <laughs> just, yeah. N- look, nightmare. And, it, and it's like laughter where you can't really fully catch your breath either. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so relentless. So it's like when people are laughing, you can... And they're laughing on their own free will, which is such a wild statement to say. But like, <laughs> when they're laughing on their own free will, you can hear the intakes of breath mm-hmm. to keep laughing. But when it's like this and your muscles are so contracted, you can't yeah. ever fully take a deep breath. And so it's like a gasping laughter and it is haunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine living by that and having to call the cops with a noise complaint. And you're like, what? what's the noise? Like, fuck, man, laughing? Giggles. Laugh, haunting like, giggles, laughter? Ghostly giggles. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that they think they're just going to walk in there, cameras blazing. They try. They walk up to the door, and they have their cameras Hello. out. And they're like. It's David, it's David Ferrier. Yeah, they're like, go, go. Yeah. It's like when my cat tries Lock. to come in right before I'm recording. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Stop, turn around, shut the door. That's and there's a bit too there's a bit too in that moment where before they ambush him like that, like they you can see the lawyer Kevin come out and like counsel a young man. And it's clear that oh man, he doesn't want to do it. He's taking a smoke off. Like this is just this is you're getting this sort of ugh vibe from this yeah. guy. Kevin's there, he's you know, just being a real supportive presence. Clearly, dude was really grossed out by everything and had to be convinced to continue after a smoke break. It's wild. It is (laughs) wild. And that's when we meet Richard Ivey, who is, I guess, the ethical side of tickling fetish videos. He's also an associate producer on the film. Oh, go figure. Go Uh, figure. Yeah. Him and Stephen Fry are associate producers on this documentary. I I look, I like Richard Ivey. He's a guy who makes he makes like legit tickling fetish videos and like for like actual fetish regions he's not sitting here being like oh no it's actually this other thing he's like it's a sport yeah no no no. this is where people get the rocks off watching people get tickled or being tickled this is for that and i think it's so weird to say i think he gives the film some legitimacy of just this is like a this is like a legitimate fetish that people have. This isn't just right. something like weird thing. This company is cooked up and is like destroying people's lives with it. But I think he also like humanizes people that have like kind of like out there fetishes. And it's just, like, Nope, this is just a thing that we do. And it's like, totally, it's actually harmless. What we're doing yeah. is totally harmless. It is so harmless. Yeah. As far as fetishes yeah. go, Holy shit. Yeah. It's he takes David, you know, around his house, giving him the tour. And this is where everything happens. And this is where it happens. He's got a couple rooms in his guest house where they shoot these tickling videos, you know, and they actually do like a demonstration. And it's so clear that this is very consensual. The guy that is being tickled is given a break. And, you know, it's it's really fascinating just to to watch that, that bit off where he's like, all right. Here we go. Are are you ready? Okay. He's not extorting this person in this table. And the dude, in that footage that they cut to, it's one of my all-time favorite transitions in a movie is when they're just sort of, you know, talking to this documentary, and then it cuts to a close-up of dude's eyes, and you see the dude's fucking flesh just, like, rippling as he can't control his body. It's like, okay, yeah, I can see the appeal that somebody might find in watching <laughs> these beautiful men having involuntary reactions to these stimuli, you know? This is, this is how Danger finds out that he has a tickling fetish. <laughs> 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 Sounds like it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can understand it. You can understand oh, yeah. it. Men, men, you know, strong men are beautiful. Beautiful men are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Danger. We got it. Yeah. Yeah, we get it. (laughs) Yeah, we Uh, get it. We get it, Danger. Yeah, I also appreciate that they that it's like he describes it as like gentle BDSM. And I think that that's such like a great comparison that he makes making it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just gentle BDSM. I'm not hitting him with anything. When he's had enough, he'll give me the safe word and we'll be done. Also, him finding out that he had a tickling fetish when he was like five or six and just 
eventually transitioning into doing this as his full-time job running this it's the dream ticklish, it's the dream you turn your passion website. into a career it's what yeah, we it's all want baby yeah so that's when we meet or first learn about terry tickle aka terry DeCisto. richard ivy met her in the early days of the internet on aol while searching out fellow tickling enthusiasts to palaver with it's a reference to a stephen king book so dave Starr, that's who we meet next he was terry's casting agent he describes terry as a brat who got her rocks off seeing men tied up and tickled and it's like you never met terry did you i feel like um, yeah t- terry the images of this it's like late 90s early 2000s high school yearbook blondes curly hair just uh, you know the girl next door it's a glamour it's, shot hair, yeah glamour there you go shot in a mall you know of yeah. and that's that that image is attached to all of her correspondence man i loved glamour shots they still doing that those are i mean yeah. you pass you pass the kiosks when you go into sears or ralph's or not ralph's all there's no <laughs> glamour shots at ralph's talking about i mean that would be maybe a small enough town (laughs) gotta have that or something yeah you're gonna want to put a glamour shots in a really small market get as little foot traffic as possible (laughs) (laughs) we see one of the casting videos dave Starr would make he was basically recruiting competitors for the competitive tickling contests did he have to call the casting videos test tickles (laughs) <laughs> you couldn't call them tickle tests because test tickles that's balls that's balls it sounds funny when you say it because it sounds like balls yeah. and i know you don't mean to say testicles but that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying so i'm gonna laugh it's like but in tennis when they're like for, players are you know, playing with new balls every time yeah, I'm like, interesting for himself okay but you know that he called them testicles because it sounded like testicles probably you know that's why <laughs> You're telling me that a man that called himself Dave Starr, who made <laughs> porn, is not going to purposely call something test tickles because it sounds like testicles. You're telling me that that man, that man. <laughs> Probably. You're better than that. <laughs> but still. I bet his stage, his stage middle name was The Rock. <laughs> Dave The Rock Star. Hell yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, that's great. So he eventually stops making videos and Terry goes nuclear on David and everyone in his crew starts sending the same threatening letters, harassing letters, uses a phone blaster to call people with harassing messages. It's like weirdly anti-Semitic. Weirdly anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply anti-Semitic. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up at some point. Yeah. It, oh God, it's also like calling him, you know, known homosexual, calling him a big nosed Jew. Which yeah, is hairy, horny, and hook nosed. Yeah. Like, it's a robot voice making uh, these threatening calls. Yeah. Wild. It's fucking wild. And Dave still has a bag of letters that he received <laughs> during this time. He opens one that he had never opened, and it's like a poem that references his dead brother. And it was written to his mom and basically is like, doesn't it suck that the wrong brother died? Wouldn't it have been cool if this piece of shit who's still alive is the one who died? There's another one. That's like a poem. It's weird. Very weird. And a happy birthday card too. Yes. And it's like, who's got the time to do all this? But I mean, crazy people have time for crazy. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Make time for crazy. And people so hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all got hobbies. <laughs> Yeah, I've just recently picked up Chainmail again. So, I mean, I've got all the time in the world doing that. Oh, hell I would yeah. also pick up a deranged hobby. Like, you know, I've got the time. Yeah, so. I got into baseball cards last year. What? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's insane. I don't have time for shit. I got kids. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm else has kids? Joe Biden. And he runs the country, Danger. I think they take care of themselves at this point. <laughs> does Hunter Biden take care of himself? I would argue. He I does mean, not. the GOP would like to have you think <laughs> otherwise. Oh man, the true crime of this podcast is, is we're just going to shift into talking about Hunter Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to. 
We don't have to pretend Hunter Biden's a good dude just because right wingers. This is a bait and switch. This is actually a conspiracy. Yeah, we are here to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Can yeah. I just defend that I think that Hunter Biden can feed himself, unlike one of my small children? Can you know feed what? Himself That's crack. what the Democrats want you to think. <laughs> yeah. Feeds himself adrenochrome in Joe Biden's basement. That's why he looks so young. He doesn't look young. Hunter Biden is not aging well, and he should be. He should be, but he's not. All right. All right. So back to this documentary. What a detour. Yeah, I'm leaving that in. That's that's bonus (laughs) gems, everybody. So, yeah, David, he talks to another journalist who looked into Terry DeSisto in the 90s and the aughts. And the guy, they put the guy's name up and it says journalist, but it says 1997 to 2007. Did he just stop? What's he doing? Because he's not that old. Mm-hmm. He's old, but he's not. Job. Yeah, I guess. He's like, yeah, I fucking work at Hardy's now. It's great. And so Terry would send these boys anything they wanted in exchange for these videos. And it sounds like what she would do is send them gifts, send them gifts, send them money, and get it to the point where they were kind of dependent on her and then snatch that out from underneath mm-hmm. them, especially if they tried to quit doing videos then it was really a problem. And she would make really elaborate threats and follow through on them. One time she threatened to have the computer network at the college a kid was attending shut down and to make it look like it was him that did it. And she did it. She actually did that. She also email bombed the White House and made it look like that same kid, which got him a visit from Secret Service. And there's a journalist that talked to her around this time and said it seemed like she was just like obsessed with how much power she could have in people's lives in that way. And man, that right. is like the scariest kind of criminal of them all. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, they're not doing like, it for money. Yeah, it's, it's just, Ooh, this is fun. Cause you get the footage of these people doing something that could potentially be embarrassing. And it's like, all right, now I've got you and I will not stop because that's the point of this exercise, the tickle videos. I don't even know if the person creating them enjoys them in any sort of way. That is almost unclear, but the degree of control that she establishes over these people and like how far she's willing to go just to get, and just using the, using this world, their participation as shame. Like the, the dude earlier, it's like with, with his own homegrown operation. It's like, yeah, I make tickle videos. It's fine. We're not ashamed of it. And we, I'm respectful to the participants and performers, what have you make sure everybody gets paid. Right. With this person, it's like upfront. Here's a ton of cash to get you interested, like $10,000 or a new car. And it's like, Hey, thanks Terry. And then as soon as there's that enough control, it's like, okay, now I'm going to shame you with every tool I have. Yeah, Yeah, because there's something about Richard Ivey that I think if somebody were to be like, I'm willing to be tickled for these videos, but if you could not show my face, that I think he'd be like, yeah, Yeah. that's fine. Like, we can do that, you know, because because you can tell that it's not like a power trip to him. He's just like, I just. Yeah, it's a business. I'm passionate about this and I care about (laughs) other people. And it's like perverts are people too. And, you know, they can also (laughs) care about others, you know, but it is like such a power trip of just ruining these people's lives and keeping them trapped in this system to make more videos. Because also if you keep these people trapped in it, you don't have to find more participants. Yeah. You can just. And yet they never stop looking. And they never stop looking. Never stop looking. Well, yeah, they franchise this shit out is what we find out like this is happening all over the country. But next, what we find out about Terry tickle is, uh Oh, Terry is not a woman. Terry is a dude named David D'Amato. And this is a bit of information that catches a lot of people off guard. There are a lot of the people who participated in these videos legitimately thought they were talking to a woman named Terry Tickle or Terry DeSisto or Jane or Jane, Jane yeah. O'Brien media or Debbie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I forgot about Debbie. Forgot about Debbie. How do you forget about Debbie? And someone has this zip file full of information about David D'Amato, Terry tickle. Like it's got emails and 
this reporter it's like, it's like the golden ticket because like at some point one of the participants is like the only way you can get out is if you send this email address this website that has this zip file in it and if you send the zip file everything stops the the harassment stops the threats it's just poof terry's a good terry and or debbie or whoever ghost done which what you know, a leap of, sort of counter threat what a leap of faith i would expect my computer would melt if i clicked on that link <laughs> oh i'd be so scared it would be a bug or a virus yeah or, i would or something malware i would be so fucking scared or like tracking software that's suddenly on your laptop too Oh my god! It would terrify the shit out of me. I just clicking on that. That is really a leap of faith. I shit you not. I would buy a Chromebook just to open that link. You can get those for like 150 bucks. I would straight out of the box go right, open that link, hope for the best. But it turns out for the best, they end up sending all this information to the FBI, and David D'Amato gets busted pretty shortly yeah. thereafter. And boy, do they throw the book at him! Oh man. Am I right? Because here's the thing. His dad's rich. That's where we find that part out. His, his dad is mega rich. Is mega. Filthy fucking just, there, There's rich. rich people. You know, we, we all know. We all got a rich friend or whatever. This dude is like foundation money, private island. Generational money, wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes time for sentencing, David D'Amato is sentenced to a halfway house while he attends Fordham University to get a law degree. It's just incredible. And this is a guy who has this history of defrauding people and exploiting people. And somewhere a judge was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's get that guy a law degree. He's such a nice young man. The, the other element there is that his dad started one of the biggest legal firms in New York. So clearly he had strong representation. So I'm curious how much dirt dude might have gotten on the judge. To yeah. what degree is his skill set being used to defend himself in these situations? I don't know. I wouldn't put past him. And here's the well, thing. Way to be a good dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking notes. Did we skip over the fact that David D'Amato, prior to being arrested, was an assistant principal at a high school? Um, oh, at like eight high schools. In ten Over nine years. Yeah. Yeah. I have that somewhere in the notes. I think we might have accidentally yeah. jumped over that. But yeah. Uh-huh. Eight because jobs in ten years. And someone rightfully points out that's more than incompetence. Something's happening there. Because there's just something about that too that like he is also if you go back, it's like he's threatening TJ for losing his job at a school. And it's just like because, you know, you know how that world is. You know that he would lose his job. You know who to email to make this guy, this coach lose his job. The other thing, too, they don't really go on it quite a bit in the documentary. It gets mentioned a couple of times, but that there are some of the guys that are recruited for these tickling videos who are underage too and yeah. so they're also getting involved in this and that gets glossed over he gets sent to a halfway house and is yeah. allowed to go to law school when you're employing underage people and also doing he gets arrested for what computer fraud yeah and has no like like, restrictions put on his internet use as part of his sentence yeah which well, it's like that at the beginning of the film, the lawyer's like, look, there's a different set of rules for people that are this wealthy and people like us. And I mean, it's he's not wrong. No. This is the proof of that. This person who acts maliciously to take to punch down and to tend to hurt people over long periods of time who need who, you know, could really use that help that he's offering them of like $5,000, you know, that's a fortune to anybody, but it's like a life saving lifeline to some of these young men. And he's like, okay, well now I'm going to, now I'm going to hurt you because I can. And because I literally don't know what else to do with my life and time on this earth and just all of the fortunes that he's got. And And when we do learn a little bit about David D'Amato's past, we do find out he was bullied in school. So he was fucking bullied at school. Danger, I am not saying that to defend David David D'Amato. Jesus. Yeah. But I am saying that that probably plays into his motive here because he's going for a very specific type of dude. Like, he he wants, like, jocks. 
yeah. which is probably yeah. the demo that bullied him. So that's probably a little bit where the power thing comes into play too. So Adam, I I've done quite a few of these true crime sucks episodes. And I'm just wondering at what point are you just going to rename the podcast to capitalism sucks? Because that is really just yeah. the underpinning of every single one that we talk about. But kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, capitalism's I'll, I'll, the reason. Capitalism's actually the the main boogeyman here. I'll go on that show. Speaking of that, Adam. one of my favorite moments in this, we find out about another tickling ring. I guess you could call it in Michigan. Tickle cell. Tickle cell. Yeah, they're calling them. Yeah. And the person we meet, his name's Jordan Shalasi, something like that. He was a tickling recruiter. And what I love about this is when Jane O'Brien shows up in Michigan, it's one of the most impoverished areas in Michigan or in the country. It's Muskegon, Michigan. So it's like rural poverty. And what Jane O'Brien shows up to do there initially is break into the MMA scene. And it's with the idea that, hey, have you ever thought of using tickling to get out of a submission hold? And here's the thing. First person to do that is going to be an instant legend. Like I need someone to just be like, like that, that would be amazing. That's the only good, good idea. Jane O'Brien has had in this whole, I'm reminded of a match in like 2005 or six, you know, the dudes are squaring up. I think it was Heath Herring goes up to, you know, before the fight, they get in each other's faces and they're like, all right, I want a good clean fight. That, that moment, that's the moment that I think the dude fighting Heath Herring kissed him in the, on the lips. Well, that's just sexual and assault. And then he just backs up like, dude, fuck you. And then just punched him in, and one punch in the face, you know, f- totally flat. And that's on his heels. Homophobia. Knocks him out. He got disqualified. They're the both canceled. The punch. That's footage that never left the internet. I bet. I bet. Yeah. That's a, quite the start to a fight. But as someone that has a history doing MMA, like if someone's tickling you, then they're just an asshole. It is no more or less like effective that I mean, probably a lot less effective than actually strikes or pressure or pain or weight or any of that kind of thing. It's just like, don't be, you're being a dick. Don't do that. Yeah. And so in this case, the scheme is to tell these dudes, Hey, you're just making like promotional videos for this idea that maybe we should start exploring the idea of incorporating tickling into MMA. And then of Mm. course those videos start popping up on internet websites and ruining lives. And Jordan, the recruiter is the one who in this moment finds out that the person behind this has been a guy the whole time. He's like, man, I'm trembling. I'm trembling right now. He's doing the the fighter bounce right back and forth. Oh my God. Who I can't believe I've been swindled. I thought this this was a babe the whole time. So funny. It's so funny. (laughs) A babe from the nineties. Everybody's had that experience in their lives, or I hope they have, or maybe, no, I, I hope they have, but like, <laughs> go on. When I was a kid, there was, uh, in middle school, there was that kid who told you that his dad worked at Nintendo and could get you all the games you wanted for free. You just had to tell him what, which ones you wanted, and then he would bring them the next day, and then you'd ask him, hey man, did you bring me Cruise in USA and Rampage World Tour? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot, man. I'm like, oh, okay, well, can you bring him tomorrow yeah totally bring him tomorrow what you know i'll get you one more too which other ones you want and then over time realizing you're just full of shit you like feeling for a moment that you're special because of this made-up relationship like that and how much of that is is this exact thing of that instinct plus actual money and then the malicious undercurrent after the fact like yeah so they try to set up an interview with david d'amato and he's like no no dice not only that, but and the, also we're suing you more. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're also going to sue you more. And even the producers are calling at this point and they're like, can you just finish this without talking to him? <laughs> because it seems like he's going to sue everybody who ever existed if we don't. And so it, it's Jane O'Brien media or whoever has sued them or is, tr- is talking about suing them. And then David D'Amato says, I will, I'm also suing you, but it's got nothing to do with those other people with whom I have no direct relationship. It just so happens that both of these things are being expressed identically. But I swear that's not me. 
Because the legal system says that is true. You know, yeah. the legal system says an incorporation is actually a, a, a person. He's using and abusing these tools. And they decide to keep trying, to their credit. They keep <laughs> trying yeah. to find David D'Amato. They finally track him down. Is it? It's in L.A. where they finally find him, right? No, it's in L.A., in New York, rather. New like York, at yeah. New, New York. York, his house, they track him to, to, to a Starbucks. To a Starbucks. Yeah, they- He's, I think that he sees him tailing him, and so he goes to this neutral Starbucks location instead of whatever gross thing that he was on his way to originally do. And yeah, he comes out, they try to talk to him, and he's like, nope, you should stop filming me, I'm going to sue you more, I'm going to call INS and tell them you're here on a tourism visa, and David Ferrier's like, no I'm not, I'm here on a journalism (laughs) visa, call INS all you want. Once again, it's the New Zealand, it's the Kiwi affect that David is just so unbothered when he's like, you're here on a tourist visa, blah, blah, blah. And David Ferrier is just like, no, I'm here on a journalism visa. I'm doing an investigative journalism thing. Do you think I wouldn't have my fucking ducks in a row (laughs) dealing with people who have been trying to sue the shit out of me? Go fuck yourself, sir. Yeah, it's pretty great. Instead of saying go fuck yourself, it's, well, actually, I have the proper visas and it's not a problem. And I'm sorry for bringing it to your attention. Just so gentle. Oh. Just gentle, gentle, gentle. Just so gentle. And then when David D'Amato is getting irate and yelling at him, getting in his car, David Ferrer is like, huh? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm, 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 okay. <laughs> and then he goes through that batch of files again and finds that David D'Amato is being like entirely supported by his parents' money. He's got a trust that his dad set up his mom six million dollars on the one he's got line six, item on a bank statement six mil in checking <laughs> he is six million dollars in checking because well, he's cutting Rich. ten thousand dollar checks to young men to get them to participate because otherwise why the fuck would they that is well, and he's got and it's what thirty thousand a month to pay for living expenses by mm, his yeah. father's trust too. So the 6 million isn't just paying for him to live. It's 6 million oh, yeah. paying for him to just do whatever. That's walking around money. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Oof. So yeah, he's that kind of rich. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a real life villain. Like he's just a guy who's got enough money to do whatever he wants to do in life. And that motherfucker has chosen the darkness. He is all in on the dark and it's terrifying. Even if it's mm-hmm. just tickling videos, just the fact that that's his thing. Like, Oh, what do you do for fun? Oh, I ruin lives with competitive tickling videos, like genuinely ruin lives. Yeah. It's intense. In this scene though, who do you think he's talking to? This is one of the most fundamentally isolated people I've ever heard of. What friends could he possibly have? You know, I don't expect him to have any friends. I'm sure he's got some contact with a couple of lawyers here and there, and maybe a couple that like him a little bit more than the others. But even though, you know, know, a bunch of the lawyers that work with him are like, just get away from this guy. Just seriously get away from this person, from this person. Yeah. Everyone who they talk to is like, get away from that guy, which David Ferrier really knows how to pick his documentary subjects. This is the yeah. first documentary. Uh, and then like Mr. Oregon, spoiler alert. If you haven't listened to the other episode, I haven't seen it, but it's a similar thing. It's I'm not very say similar more, but he's just very good at picking documentary subjects that, that everybody around them is like, stop it. Stop <laughs> investigating this person. And he, and he can't help it. He's just like, but it's just so interesting. And yeah. I'm just so non-threatening yeah. as a person. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Organ really tested the limits of the premise of this podcast because it's not really a true crime thing. There's crimes, wow. but... There's social crime. Like I said earlier, I think, honestly, Mr. Organ is more of a documentary about the toll investigative journalism can take on mm. the documentarian. I think that's more what Mr. Organ showcased to me at least and it's and it, it feels a little more personal to david himself 
than this does. This obviously is also taking a toll on David Ferrier. Like you can kind of tell that he's like, this is exhausting, especially we didn't mention it, but like when they're waiting for David D'Amato to come out of his apartment, they are sitting in a van across the street from his building for days. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple hours. It's a stakeout and they are examining each and every vehicle that leaves the complex until they see the car they know he drives because they don't they can't see the license plates so they're just like that's a he drives a mercedes that's a gmc that's not a mercedes like oh that's a white car he drives a white mercedes nope not a mercedes and it is days of this it's also the relentless legal action it's the having to be thousands of miles from home and having to go across the united states for all of this and you see a little bit of it but you don't see it as fully as you do in mr organ This is also the point in the documentary after we've found out that he's supported by all of this family money. You also find out that the German company that owns all of the web addresses are all by David D'Amato. He's committed fraud. He's like, these are all fake identities. Jane O'Brien has her own credit card when she's a doesn't exist as a person he's got fake letterheads or he's got fake letters from a law firm with with a real letterhead and that's the romeo salta that's the lawyer from don't fuck with cats and they go and talk to him and they're like did you represent him and he's like i've never heard of this man in my life well no he he says i sent one letter from jane ryan media or whatever and then that was it but they're like the farrier and crew get like over a dozen letters from his firm yeah most of which were not written by it seems like what he did is have a lawyer send one letter so he could get that lawyer's letterhead and then just started firing off letters under that lawyer's letterhead himself to people Yeah, and if you're not from that area, I mean, if I were to start getting lawyer letterheads from New York, I'd be like, I don't know who this is, but this is very scary. And if I wasn't aware of who was working there and didn't have the ability to research into that, I would be very scared, you know? Yeah. I get it. And so, yeah, we just, we find all these things out about David D'Amato at the end, but nothing happens to him. Like, he's still just out there in the world doing God knows what, but danger. You yeah, texted I mean, me and said, we are certainly going to talk about what has happened in the days since. Yeah. And I said, yeah, man, you do it. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So the, the, the documentary ends with, they call his stepmom and she's just like, man, he, yeah, he was bullied as a kid. He sort of humanizes him a little bit, but he's, you know, he's a dangerous, he's a dangerous person. And that tickling thing that he used to do, that was a real problem. And then, wait a minute, are you calling because, when, when did the tickling stop? And uh, David's like, Dave Ferry is, well, it's never stopped. Yeah. You know, cut to black. And the last line of the film is, I'm, like, this man's stepmother says, I'm afraid of him. And you know, that credits roll. So that's 20, the, yeah, mid-2016. Then the story continues. So they start shot, they start taking the, the movie to film festivals, right? And they go to Sundance because, you know, it's a dope documentary. Sundance is the place to do that. And right away in the first screening, there's an agitated man taking notes during the screening. It's so much so that they have to like the security people get called over like, hey, can you get this guy to either calm down and stop taking notes or leave? And then from that screening on, like this heightened sense of security, let's make sure that people aren't disrupting the the showing of this film which you know was it three or four screenings in there's this pair of men who materialize and who appear to be recording out of the coffee cup you know coffee oh, cup move. sure sure um i should sorry i should have mentioned this is a i'm discussing the follow-up documentary to the documentary this being called the tickle king i think it's like 2017 on hbo so sundance there's at least one guy scribbling, taking notes, you know, upsetting everybody. And then two private investigators, when they go to look into the cup that they've been recording out of, wouldn't, you know what, there's no recording device in there, but they still make them leave. Next off to, right, you know, it's weird, but, you know, they get, it's the kind of thing of the documentarians knew we should be bringing our own cameras and record because it's not going to stop. Like there's some, there's something still going on here. So off they go to another film festival in Missouri. Same thing. They get ambushed by 
more roustabouts and ruffians and whatnot, prowlers. And eventually they decide to split. Like David Ferrier and Dylan, the producers, split up and, you know, David goes to New York. Dylan goes to Los Angeles. And they have a thing at the New Art Theater, which is that Tarantino's theater on? That's it? That's the one I saw it at. That's the one yeah. I saw. It. I wasn't at that screening though. So, <laughs> alas, okay. I know. Yeah, and 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 they, a couple of screenings go by. They did some familiar faces. You know, some of the private investigators and or lawyers start showing up, and then eventually, wouldn't you know it? But the whole team, the guy's whole team, David D'Amato's whole team is there, and David D'Amato himself shows up to the screening of this thing, and is like, I just want to watch the movie. You know, and like his goons are just relentless. Like, do you, do you admit that this is a, entirely a fabrication? And you know, just <laughs> really trying to provoke. Like, oh, 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 you think it's legal to film it this way, and yet here you are. It's like, well, we also have permission to film. We talked to the theater beforehand to film this. It's a Q and A involving the filmmakers. So yeah, and it's this weird standoff where people are sitting next to the subject of this film, the subject being like one of the least flattering portrayals of a human being in documentary filmmaking in general, you know, someone who had, Oh my God, just, and he's just, I'm just sitting there with a garbage bag size of popcorn, just like shoveling them out from the bottom. And everyone's uncomfortable. Like at one point, Dylan is like, hey, so it's can we get you to just answer some questions? I'm happy to get you on stage. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's David D'Amato. And for a moment, the, the, the audience is like, boo. And he's like, no, 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 no. You stay like audience. Stop that. We're not here to we're not going to, you know, going to boo this guy. We want to hear him speak. It's insane. And he's just sort of like, well, you know, I should compliment you on your filmmaking in the sense that some of the effects were very good which is <laughs> such a he means the sign at the airport be, yeah <laughs> sounds like maybe um, we should cover that at some point which one the second the tickle king i mean we're covering it now it's 20 minutes it's well worth oh. your time um, oh it's 20 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah it's, it's short oh okay because it's an epilogue you know it kept I going see. and they interviewed so that the aggressive lawyer kevin interviewed tj you might remember tj being tj is ticklish he's the one that had all those websites built up after he was like take my information down please and suddenly after the success of the tickle documentary tj is saying oh no 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 no! i'm here i'm sitting here with lawyer kevin ash or kevin whatever his last name is and yeah david farrier smoked marijuana with me and was talking about how this movie was going to be a takedown and a hit piece and he was excited to take down this person and I think he was real biased. And so all that, well, well, come on, TJ, the, the credit that he'd build up for himself by being brave in, in the feature. It's like, oh, actually, no, no, no. I'm going back on that. They probably so just again, if, gave him a ton of money. Probably gave him a ton of money for sure. You know, he just decided, oh, actually, it's not a problem anymore because I don't know. Yeah. How much money would that take? Maybe not even that much if, you know, dude's still struggling. And he's, and if they're saying everything against you will stop and we will give you money if you help us fight back against this David Farrier homosexual. And yeah, yeah it just ends with, yeah, it, last shot of the film is a new tickle cell. Some, you know, f- footage from people's f- iPhones. It's 2017. And the last line of that one is, I would say I'm most ticklish in my, and then cut to black. So he cannot stop creating these films. Hot. And then. Yeah, there's an end then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the then, we can leave a little meat on the bone for people who want to just go watch the 20 minute. Mm, no, All right, fine. No, fine. No, man, this, we got to. You have to. And then l- mid 2017, David D'Amato died suddenly. No oh, well, that's good. Given. Yeah, just like, no, he's just dead now. And he, he's, you know, he was suing his stepmother for things that she said on the documentary while also suing the Farrier and crew. Oh, that's right. It, he did stop suing them after the Tickle King, but then he was also suing his stepmom for defamation for $40 million. 
because you know i'm sure she had that line around yeah and then yeah just and that was it and i came across uh, uh the farrier and, and crew released a statement that's just like we take no joy in this this hit us really hard this person was such a a, a towering figure in our lives for so long and you know, like we, at the end of the day, we, we still try to humanize him as much as possible. He's still a person and we don't want people in the comment section to be like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Well, fuck that guy. We can be the comment. We can be our own comment section. Are we talking about David D'Amato? We're talking about David D'Amato. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck that guy. And I think that's our episode, right? It's getting a little long in the tooth. I feel well, well, just to add that Jane O'Brien Media has not stopped. They're still making tickle videos today. Yeah. So, oh my God! Is I mean, really yeah, it's not. Did he fake his death? That's people thought they did, but David and company are like, we believe that he's actually dead. We have seen <laughs> the death. Like it's like we've gotten as much proof as we can get okay. to be like this man is actually dead. But like other people are now carrying the torch of what D'Amato started. Okay, make your tickle videos, but if the impetus to harm is gone. fine fuck whatever like if people are like oh yeah jane o'brien that's a brand i know and trust to make a a good quality tickle video i'll pay them a little bit of money here and there and that's the entirety of the operation because the operation always seemed like just part a and then parts b through z were destroying people's lives you know if they just want to leave the filmmaking apparatus in place whatever okay yeah Yeah. sure there david and dylan wrote a whole big thing i'm actually like looking at it right now (laughs) there's a point where they even say that the footage of young men some of whom thought they were competing in a sport called competitive endurance tickling or simply making private audition tapes is still being distributed widely online this time for cash as far as we can tell these young men are not being subjected to online (sighs) abuse and their Mm. full names aren't being associated with the new material that's really really good but their videos are being sold online as fetish material, something many of these men may never have imagined, intended, or wanted. So it's still not great business practices, but at least they're not at least they're not the, receiving the, the same extracurriculars level of seem to be tamped down. Yeah. 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 All so, right. Yay. <laughs> and that is our sewed. We did it. We did it. Danger oh, yeah. Jack. Thank well, you so much for doing yes. the pod. What? Yeah. This seems like a great time to plug things. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? AdamToddBrown.substack.com and uh, follow me on Instagram at AdamToddBrown and follow the show on Instagram at TrueCrimeSucks. That's all I got. Jack, what do you got to plug? You, Adam, when is this episode coming out? Next Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, great. If you are a fan of Hamilton the Musical and are live in the Los Angeles area, we are doing another Hamilton's, which is Hamilton's LA. It's a sing-along meets karaoke meets Rocky Horror Shadowcast on March 16th. You can find information for that on our Instagram at Hamilton's LA. You can also follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Jack Loves TV. Danger. What do you got to plug? Well, if it's Tuesday, then you just missed our shows at uh, at the Sardine and Boomtown Brewery. Alas, Friday and separately for those actually in the room. Come on down, Adam. Sardine, Friday. Come on out. Maybe. Uh, yeah, we are just countless thousands. Patreon.com slash countless thousands. We are so close to starting to release new music for our forthcoming album, Woke Moralists. The first single is going to be Chris Pratt, and the video for it should be... I'm, I don't know when we're actually going to be able to get it online, um, but whenever you listen to this, just search for Countless Thousands, Chris Pratt, because it's maybe the best music video that we've ever made. I, it's really, really good um, and super creepy, and it makes me happy in such a wonderful way. Yeah, countless thousands. Come support us on Patreon. Hit us up on the Instagrams. Help us convince record labels to sign us because we want to be popular. And I think that's it. Let's get out of here. Jack, say goodbye. Goodbye. Danger, say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Stay safe out there. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 